0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tim Gillette, and we are back here with another episode of The Tim Gillette Show. Today's guest, all right, I really am going to get to know this person because they're from my home town, home state anyway. And uh, I did find that little bit about her. Other than that, she kind of looks like somebody who's not going to let me stress out anymore. I'm sure that story will come up as well. Anyway, I am looking forward to bringing this person on because, you know what I mean? She's not like the typical person I usually meet. Usually I meet these seasoned, uh, you know, older coaches. This is a young lady who's making big waves up on the East Coast. So let me bring her up here and see. First of all, I I, I realized, is it car, Carly? Yeah. Okay. Cause you look at the name, the way it's spelled and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to mess this up.
1: And, <laughs> and, nope. Very uh, simple, you know, car and Lee throw them together.
0: Carly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, my last name's Gillette. People cut it up all the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Carly, you you're coming to in from Philadelphia. I know that much because I'm from Philadelphia area. All right. Grew up up there and stuff. And uh, it's so good to have someone, a, y- a young lady like you, on the show. And man, what, when I kind of did the peek on you, you know, you've got quite a bit of accolades for what you're doing around this country. Tell me about this, <laughs> girl.
1: Yeah. Oh my. Well, to tell you a little bit about me, or, or your audience a little bit about me, what I what I do is I'm the founder and leader here at the Stressless Company, and what I do is I work with business owners and leaders who struggle with leaving work at work. So whether it's the physical tasks or the racing thoughts about them, and I support them in experiencing more peace and freedom, basically so they can get out of their own way and work less while making more.
0: Wow, and and you specifically work with business owners on this, like uh, you're not working with any like uh, C-suite executives or anything like that too?
1: Uh, business owners and leaders, although I do have, business owners have a special place in my mm-hmm. heart.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Uh, you know, like 1976, when my father got fired from a job again, I was like, that's it. I'm never letting a company control me. Uh, yep. You know, went went through a few marriages, figuring that out, uh, things like that. <laughs> well, I didn't take the I didn't leave the work at work. I brought it home. Yeah, I get it. So um, how long? Uh, how long have you been doing this now? So
1: we are going, I believe it's on our sixth year. It might be our fifth year. I'd have to go back and do the math.
0: But who's counting?
1: <laughs> yeah, who's counting at this point? <laughs>
0: uh, but, it, you know, it's an interesting, and, you know, I mean, you're fairly young, all right? You look like you're younger than my daughter, and I'm like, at 29, 27, you're under 30, right?
1: Just all barely. Right?
0: 30, <laughs> how do you not, like, get worried about stress in life? I wasn't stressed about nothing when I was 30.
1: mm That's interesting. So I think that there's, I think everybody has a different experience of life. But uh, my experience that led me to this line of work was fairly unique and, and based in going through a lot of stress when I was about 12 years old. Um, So I guess trigger warning to give you context. I mean, it was it was pretty intense. I uh, when I was 12 years old, my mom ended up being shot three times by an ex boyfriend, her current boyfriend had been murdered by that guy. I was in the house while I didn't see anything, I ended up, you know, tr- triggered. I ended up with PTSD, stress, overwhelm, jumpiness, I mean, you name it. And so I went through my teenage years, early adulthood, really struggling with stress and PTSD and mental health issues before. And it took me, what, ten, more than 10 years to finally figure, out what, that's, figure
0: that's, out what worked. That's stuff that no kid should have to deal with you know yeah. in my opinion no kids have to deal I, mean, I never I could protect my own kids from this so yeah totally wow so
1: you asked that question like how how the heck are you doing this at such a young age and it's because i experienced stress at such a deep level at such a young age and also the depths of of despair if you will of like feeling like i tried everything and none of it was working and i knew what i knew what that was like to mm-hmm. to know like oh I, there's no other options or so it felt at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it's interesting because, you know, uh, w- when I was 21 through 29, uh, you know, I found ways to deal with the stress if I had it. All right. And that was the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's face it. All right. I, I grew up in an alcoholic family. I, I, I don't drink to get drunk anymore. But like I remember my youth, uh, I, I was 33 years of age, there was a point I was spending 600 to $800 a week at the bar.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean,
0: that's a that's an alcohol that's problem. consumption.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that is consumption. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think that that's really common for folks, especially um, in their early twenties. That is because we're not taught how to handle stress when we're young. Like we're, it's just not part of our education system. It's no. A well, lot of a our lot families of
0: not in our education system that I think like this needs to be put in the freaking schools. In my opinion. Ex- yeah,
1: exactly. And yeah. and it doesn't help that many of us were raised in families where it's like you know, oh, you're, you're crying, like pick yourself up by the bootstraps. We don't have time for that. Or like, you know, oh, you're crying. I'll give you something to cry about, you know? So we were. Oh, that was my dad.
0: Hey, wait a minute. Did you know my dad?
1: (laughs) So many of our parents were like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely something that needs to be taught for
0: sure. It is, it is. So, I mean, but so then you were one of those, these kids, then basically you sought like, how do I self-help myself? Right. Not how do I self medicate, but how do I help myself? And that's where you found this.
1: Yeah. um, You could say that as like a a long story short Um, for the first, you know, first few years up until my early adulthood. So my teenage years, Mm -hmm. I really didn't open up and express what was going on in my life with much of anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a lot of kind of isolation, self self-induced isolation and then when i finally started opening up with people i would say things like you know hey i'm feeling a little stressed or i'm feeling a little overwhelmed and i would ask people for advice and it was it was basically like clockwork i got the same five or so responses every time you know have you tried therapy have you tried yoga meditation changing your diet hitting the gym and my response at that point was like no shit, Sherlock like are you kidding me like i haven't been living under a rock give me a freaking break (laughs) And um, it's funny, like I would go back to them sometimes, not always. I know my audience, but some of them I would go back to and I'd say, you know, hey, like I, I'm, meditation just isn't working for me or whatever it was at, at that particular time. And again, like clockwork, I would get the same response again, like, oh, well, you the fact that you can't meditate tells me that you need to meditate more or like you haven't found the right yoga teacher, like or you're not doing it right. And so luckily I was a pretty resilient person. i continued to do those things because I was impressionable at that age, but I also was pretty resilient and kept exploring. And that's where the self-help and the self-exploration really came in because I wasn't willing to accept the misery as status quo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, um, but then you went into teaching it and helping others with this, right? Mm -hmm. Was this like a self-developed thing? And then you go, okay, now I'm going to teach this to others. Or did someone yeah. come up to you one day and go, hey, you're doing much better. How do you do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my journey was winding, to yeah. say the least. I feel like every entrepreneur, we have like our high level story and then the winding story. Mine mine was, you know, I could tell either one. But um, I will say that when I finally figured out what worked for me, I threw a nice big temper tantrum because I was pissed that no one was talking about it. Um, and then once I was done throwing my temper tantrum. I realized that I was supposed to be the one that was talking about it and so thus kind of started my journey of sharing through a variety of different ways mm-hmm. um, what my journey has been or what was at the time.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and for me, like I, I never got planned on getting into the speaking realm or helping people. Um, it was, you know, it just I I cleaned Zig Zigler's car and Zig's like, Tim, you should be a speaker. And I'm like, Me? Who's gonna listen to me? Right? Type deal. Yeah. But like I had that great guidance because I knew Zig personally, right? Did you have somebody person in your life say, Hey, listen, let me guide you. You need to be telling the world about this.
1: Mm. You know, I I think from that's such an interesting question that I, I actually haven't thought about very often. When it comes to, when it came to starting my business, I was very much so my own advocate. Mm. Um, and when I started, so what I will say is that one of the solutions that really worked to help me manage my energy or manage my stress response was creating art. And so as part of the exploration of creating art, I thought maybe that was my life purpose for a while. And so I did art shows and, you know, had to get stuff in galleries and I had to have an artist statement and I had to speak about my art. And I would share my story, and it was kind of in that context that people started to notice. They were like, "Wait a second, what? What do you mean? Like, this is a different. It was a different lens than just you know what you hear about with art therapy or with regular therapy or regular coaching. It was like a, a whole new lens because I wasn't niching in in some ways. I was looking at the fact that there was no one size fits all. But I will say. That when I got very clear that I didn't want to be part of the nine to five world anymore, I did end up hiring a variety of mentors and and meeting, I mean, incredible people making crazy amounts of money <laughs> and realized like that was really the momentum. That was what set me off saying, oh, this can actually be a movement. Like yes. we can actually eradicate suffering by just changing one person's life, that person can change other people's lives. And then, and exactly. you know, it just creates a ripple effect.
0: Of course. Yeah. I've always, always, always believed that, right? You know that, you know, uh, I got to start with changing me. All right. And mm-hmm. then just help one other person and, and it grows from there. Right. Yeah. And, and I've always believed in that. It's something I've always carried since I was your age. Really. I have always carried that around with me. And it's good to see, you know, you know, other people doing it. Um, I carried it with me, but then I went to clean cars for a living. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I didn't think like, yeah, go help other people. Now that you've helped you help yourself, go help other people. No, I went to clean cars instead. But anyway, uh, I had to take bad bad side because I didn't believe in myself, and that was a whole yeah. other puzzle I had to deal with. So, well,
1: you know, to respond to that though, like, <laughs> I remember a professor when I was in college sharing. He he shared it. Stuck, sticks to me this. T- this day, now I'm probably going to butcher his quote, but I, he said, you know, if you only help one person in your entire lifetime, and that one person is you, you've done a wonder like a grand job. Yeah. And because you become that, like, even if you're not teaching or on stage or, you know, at the front of the room, you are living by example. And therefore showing other people that there's hope, that there's another way to do things. Like you don't have to become an alcoholic and and continue your family, your generational pattern. You don't have to do X, Y, and Z. There's another way.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, one of my favorite, you know, everybody loves their, their their favorite Zig quote is the common one. My favorite quote that Zig Ziglar told me, uh, knowing him personally, was, was about the church we went to. And he used to say this thing about going to church. If you're afraid to go to church because you think there's too many hypocrites there, we got room for one more. You can come join <laughs> us. <laughs> he, yeah. like he, he was like we're all hypocrites at some area he said to me he said, we're all hypocrites at some area in our life tim get over it and i'm like never thought about that right <laughs> uh, because it's it's always those oddball things that would teach me it's not like you saying i didn't get the yoga for me all right it was rock and roll music yep all right it was one of my, my first brand was called rocker life coach right and i was like i had to listen to things like uh you know, uh, ACDCs, you know, you know what I mean? (laughs) Weird drums that I wanted. That's what motivated me. Um, You know, meditation. For me, meditation was sit at at coffee without an electronic device and enjoy my coffee at Starbucks staring into space for 10 minutes. (laughs) I know that's not meditation, but that's what it was to me. And like so many people, I think, want to define these things. Have you become, uh, and your ways that you're teaching people, are they like, let me show you the same guide everybody else is doing. Are you going, oh, wait a minute. Let's use the whole universe here to find solutions.
1: Yeah, so I have this thing called the Stress Less Method. It's a five-step system that all of my clients work through. Now, what's really unique about it is it's basically just, um, it's like the infrastructure of our transportation. Now, stick with me for a second. So we've got roads and rivers and skyways and and I'm missing pathways. I mean, we have so many ways in which we can travel. And so what the system is, is it's that infrastructure. And then what I support my clients with is choosing the appropriate vehicle or the appropriate way to move within the infrastructure to figure out what works for them. So that it doesn't really matter um, what it is that they do, as long as the end goal is emotional freedom or a beautiful state of mind more times than not. So to give you an example, the first step of this stress less method is to manage your energy. In other words, manage your nervous system or your stress response. And the infrastructure or one piece of the infrastructure looks like this thing called creative stress reduction. And creative stress reduction is any activity that gets us out of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn and gets us into rest and digest. Mm -hmm. So it can be anything. I mean, it could be your traditional stuff like yoga and meditation, but it could also be rock and roll. It could also be playing with your dog. It could be going on a walk. It could be I mean, the world is your oyster. Yeah. yeah. You have the end goal of as long as it activates that part of your nervous system, rest and digest. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter how you get there. And so I create the context for them to figure out without getting overwhelmed, what it is that they need to do uniquely. And by the way, it's not just one thing. Well, you gotta
0: uh, yeah, that's that is the key I found in almost everything I do is there's no one way to do things and I, one of my favorite uh mentors of mine is james malinchak who's a speaker coach i don't know, if you know james james always used to people used to ask him james how do you get 700 people in, at your conferences is there one secret that you do and he said no i can't tell you one way to get 700 people in the room but i can tell you 700 ways to get one person in the room yeah. And he said when you go looking at life that way you will have a lot better perspective when you start going okay there's not just one way. Let's do a ton of different ways and put them all together and work. And I assume that's what you've got coming with people because everybody's different. I'm different yeah. than, than, than the next person, and uh, how to heal my stress, I guess, is probably going to be different than, say, you know, uh, you know, a lady who's a banker in your town.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there there are foundational principles like, hey, you, ha- we each have this thing called an autonomic nervous system. There's two parts. There's the sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. We're humans. We all have this physiological thing in our body. And for for you to get from the sympathetic, which is fight, flight, freeze, to the parasympathetic rest and digest is going to be so different from the banker in my town, right? (laughs) Totally different because it depends on your personality, your background, your history, what you enjoy, what makes you feel cozy or safe or comfortable. I mean, it's as unique as your fingerprint. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, one of the most unique ones that made me realize this once was, I don't know if you know Rhonda Britton. Do you know Rhonda? No. Okay. Rhonda Britton. uh, I think think Oprah labeled her like, we're talking like 20 years ago. Oprah labeled her as America's life coach, like Hmm. 20 years ago. Like this is not like new, but she's still in the game. Rhonda, I heard her tell her story the first time I ever heard it and it hit me because she talked about how she was dealing with things in life and she couldn't find the answer. So she tried to kill herself. Not once, not twice, but three times. And she said, once you try that three times, they put you under medical, you know, mental observation. Yeah. And she said, I learned I suck at killing myself. So I'm stuck (laughs) living. So I might as well figure out something. And yeah. everybody else's plan ain't working, so I got to come up with one.
1: Mm-hmm. And she
0: come up with, like, little exercises she did herself to mentally train herself. And it wasn't until she was at a church event or a town event, and one of the ladies said to her, Rhonda, you seem like you're doing awesome. What? What? What's changed? All right. And she was, like, embarrassed. Well, I do these funky little exercises <laughs> that help me. And yep. the lady goes can you, can you teach me those exercises? Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's when we realized like, oh crap, maybe other people could use what I'm doing. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think that was probably like where you're at.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting too. Cause I, I love that example because, um, when, when we talk about, um, like trying, trying to commit suicide too, Oftentimes when I'm in now, this, by the way, I'm not a licensed psychiatrist or therapist, and I want to be very clear about that, but
0: we have to have those disclaimers up there. Yeah, we've got them.
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, But oftentimes when I've had conversations with clients who have worked the the traditional therapy or psychiatrist circuit, if you will, trying Mm -hmm. to get support, um, what I've noticed is that it's really about discomfort resilience. Now, I can't take credit for that. That's a word um, Heather Dominic uses. you can Google her later. but discomfort resilience, and um, that's that's oftentimes what I've noticed, and I'd be curious to hear about other people's experiences, but it's like we don't try to commit suicide because we actually want to die. We try to commit suicide because we can't take the discomfort, the pain, the misery anymore. and that feels like a solution to end the misery. So if we were presented, so this kind of goes to the depths of my own despair. Now, I've never, I've never kind of been down into that even deeper darkness, but I've been in pretty dark places. And for, for me, having the, the kind of wherewithal or the perspective to say, wait a second, what, how can I, what can I do to get rid of this misery to you may use it in my favor to, you know, do something to, to, uh, move it through rather than have it stuck within me. And that was, I think some of the most powerful pieces of my work yeah. because I, I realized there were more options.
0: Well, I, uh, and, you know, I, I dealt with it too, uh, you know, uh, Carly is the, I remember now I have epilepsy and I take a medication and very few side effects because it's an old one, very few side effects I have. One of them is depression. Mm-hmm. And I learned that in the early two thousands. I learned that, and I learned okay. I'm, I've got this. My doctor wanted to put me on on another medication for depression. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not taking a medication to deal with the side effect from the first medication. I'm sorry that that's a never ending road, not going. Yeah, there. yeah. But a movie came out that made me go, okay, I can look into this, and that was that movie that that was called A Beautiful Mind. Do you remember hmm. that movie? Yeah. I don't remember
1: much of the plot line.
0: (laughs) For me, it was like he dealt with crap in his life. And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to take the medication. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find a way to to, to solve this myself by mind control. All right. And and they even show towards the end of the movie, like, are you still having these illusions? And they show him looking. Yep, they're still there. I've just learned to put them in their place. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I can control this. And I think that's where we learn, uh, you know what I mean? Maybe you're kind of the same way is where they learn. Wait a minute. If anybody can take control of Tim's life, it's Tim. Yeah. You know, and I think you probably do helping people do the same thing.
1: Yeah. it's And I think there's always the the asterisk there, right? Like there's a time and a place for medication. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And there's no, again, like, yeah, just like you're saying, like, there's no one else that's going to know you better than you. No. Now, I would say like an additional asterisk on that is that we don't know what we don't know. No. So if we feel like there, are, if we don't know that there are other options, of course, it's going to feel really scary or even more stressful or, or depressing or whatever that emotion is, that emotion's probably going to get stronger because we feel trapped. Yeah. Um, and so that's where, you know, listening to podcasts like this or shows like this or in hiring a coach or just exposing yourself in general to maybe new people is going to enable us to, to expand that so that we do then have a choice versus not seeing the options.
0: I know. And, and just in my, in my life, you know, not, not in, in personal, but in business, like everybody looks at me and they go, well, me you're this great business guy. I just hired another business coach. Uh, for like investments I'm doing. And everybody's like, but you're so good at it. Why did you have to hire a coach? Because I want to get better at it, right? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, I I didn't want epilepsy to control my life. So I went to find the right doctors to heal me from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think some of us, uh, we lose that concept that like the right coach can carry you past something. And I think we get caught up in America sometimes on the idea of, Um, well, you know, I'm good now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Don't let good keep you from
0: being great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's the, the low grade level of suffering. That's like the status quo. Well, this is just how life is. I think we oftentimes just accept it as like, well, this, Hey, or we compare. We're like, well, I'm not starving. I'm not hungry. I'm not, I haven't experienced this awful thing. So I shouldn't feel Mm -hmm. like what I'm feeling. And and one of our basic human needs, according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, is self-actualization, the desire to become the best that we can be. That's right. And so that's that's the place in which we, you know, however, whatever it looks like, whether it's hiring a coach, whether it's reading, whether it's just expanding your social circle. I mean, there's so many ways that you can become the best that you can be. But it's it's a basic human need. Now, it's hard to do that when your other basic human needs aren't being met. Right. Like your you know, food, water, clean air, shelter, uh, money, safety, resources, love and belonging. I mean, I could go on.
0: But... Well, well, yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, well, have you ever lived in, uh, uh, you know, had to live in your car because you can't pay your bills?
1: Personally, I have not, but I have slept in a car and it is awful.
0: <laughs> Just awful. Yeah. I lived. Uh, I did. I lived. Uh, I lived in my car for a couple of years after after I sold my car wash business. I went bankrupt in two years. And mm. did I lived in my car, and finally had a friend give me a couch. And mm. you know, I, I get it. Like everybody goes, well, you know, you got to take care of, you deserve. And I'm like, right now, I just like would wish I deserved a bed. I'll take a couch at this point, a sleeping bag, yeah. Over, yeah. Uh, as opposed to a back seat of Ford Taurus station wagon. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> totally. It's it. We can't. I think. I think that's the thing about American culture. I don't know about other parts of the world, but. We often get so caught up in this like glamorous version of success, but we, we forget that there's there are baby steps that needs to, yeah. to happen for us to experience what we want. A lot of times people will say, well, I just want to make six figures. I just, I really need six figures. And, and when we ask them, okay, well forget the money for a second. What is it that you want? Yeah. And they list off all the things and maybe some of it's associated with money. Maybe some of it isn't. And you're looking at like a $50,000 a year or less salary <laughs> to get all those things. Um, or, you know, whatever that looks like. But
0: yeah, I, know. Um, and, 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 and Carly, I don't tell people like, you know, I've lived in the cardboard box and I've lived in the mansion. I ain't afraid to go to either one. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in a seminar for this code new coaching program that I got like just two weeks ago, three weeks ago. My wife went with me. And we're sitting there and like, guy's like, well, write down what you want. And she's writing down, well, I want a house with a music room. And, like, and she says, she tells to me, so what do you want? I says, I want to buy you a brand new car next year. And I want to buy you a brand new house next year. She goes, we, we, we can get that. I said, I know we can. I want to. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want to buy it for you. That's mm-hmm. my dream now. And she goes, whoa. I says, for me to be able to go out and just come home one day and go, oh, by the way, honey, Here's your new car. Do you like it? If you don't, I'll trade and get you a different one. Yeah. That's power because as opposed to we both have to go, we both have to sign up, you know, all that credit stuff and take time out of our day. That was a huge thing to me. Mm-hmm. Most people are looking at, like you said, what they want. Well, what do you, what really matters to get the new car? Like, let's face it, my wife wants a Honda. I could work as a teacher and afford a Honda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's yeah, what you said. It's not not a big deal. And I do remember uh the first year in my business, I was I was working with my assistants, and I said one time, I said, Oh, we're gonna make six figures this year. This was like April or May of the year, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're like almost halfway through. All right, Tim. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, wait, wait no, no. What's what's funny is my the, the person who's doing my books at the time turns to me and goes, Um, Tim, we passed that about two months ago. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I, like, oh. I, 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 till this day, I know what's in my business accounts. I don't know what's in my personal account at all. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't focus on what's in my bank. I just work. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you would think that my world would be stressed out and be one of those people. who. No, I found the areas that make me work. And one of the areas that stresses me out is if I know there's only 50 bucks in the bank account, that will stress me. Mm-hmm. But if I work not knowing how much is in the bank account, I'll work five times as hard. I don't know why. Hmm. I, don't yeah. yeah? You as the expert, tell me how that's with me. Well,
1: I mean, I'm an expert in stress, um, and <laughs> so I mean, it is it it is intrinsically stressful to not have your basic human needs met, yes. and so that is a coping response to avoid. Now, it sounds like for you, Tim, that it's it's actually like you you know deep down that your needs are met because you've hired professionals to Mm -hmm, to make mm -hmm. sure that that's the case um and so it becomes more about like it becomes more about self-actualization how can i become the best i can be and it's more purpose-driven um but it's it's choosing to work because you want to and you love to versus because you have to and then that's a very different you know,
0: situation to be. Yeah, in. well, there's an area to I can take, the, take the conversation to a little bit. All right. And I assume this is somewhat with you because of the fact of what you are doing. Me, my company, Simple Easy Marketing and Blog and Video Con are all uh, mission driven. I mm-hmm. have a mission. My mission is to actually create 10,000 people who create content using blogs, blogs, podcasts, help them get an audience of 10,000 and then mm-hmm. make 10,000 a month. That is my mission. It is written on the wall over here, right? so that drives me every day not yeah. can i get the ferrari not can i get the lamborghini i assume that's because that's about helping people and i yeah. assume that's what yours is helping people the yeah. money's just a side feature to that
1: yeah you know i think the money is actually an energetic exchange to support yes. the end goal mm-hmm. and so for me it's like I'm, i mean i'm not even joking when i'm looking at like eradicating suffering and healing on yeah. a global basis like that is my why and doing it together, like I'm not the guru, I'm not the the man on the mountain, I want to do this alongside because I'm on my journey too. Yeah. yeah. And so um, to for me, these are so like the energetic exchange of money and this deep mission and this deep work is so intertwined because we live in a capitalist society, whether we like it or not, and ener- money is energy and money is commitment to showing yeah. up and doing the work to create the results you want, whether it's, you know, getting better at investing, whether it's experiencing emotional freedom, whether it's building your business. I mean, whatever your weight loss, I mean any goal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's power in that energetic exchange.
0: Well let me uh, let, let me ask you this then, all right, as you talk about that with with yeah. the money, because you brought up an interesting point in what you were saying there. And I'm huge on this is money will get you to motivate to do it. All mm-hmm. right. I'm huge on like I, I don't let people attend my events for free anymore. Because there's something about, and it's not like a, like my virtual events, it's a ticket they buy that gives them lifetime access. But that ticket gives 50% of the money to a charity. Because mm-hmm. I'm not doing it for the making the money on the ticket. Mm-hmm. But if they don't put the money up, they don't show up. And are mm-hmm. you finding that with your clients that, yeah, I want this help. How bad do you want it? Are you willing to invest something? Are you willing to give up something to get it. You know what I mean? In my yeah. case, I was willing to sell my prized motorcycle to get to hire my first business coach. And yeah. I'm talking like something I dreamed about getting for 20 years. I finally got it and I couldn't afford to hire a business coach for my business. And I called my wife and I said, take the bike to the wholesale and get rid of it before I get home. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm hiring this coach because this is what I need. Yeah. Are you yeah. dealing with people on that, that level? of am getting them to go, okay, I, I realize you want this, but here's what you're gonna to have to do first step pay.
1: Yeah I mean for me first step get the call on the calendar first step apply to even talk to me first yeah. step I mean there's there's levels of energetic exchange you gotta you have to really because here's the thing emotional freedom is is not you know a trophy like a participation award like it's not.
0: I it thought takes, you were going to say emotional freedom isn't free; it costs. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, you don't get. I mean, in some ways, it 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 does have a cost, and the yeah. cost is your time, your energy, your focus, and sometimes your money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I might even say always your money because your relationship with money can impact yeah. your
0: emotional yeah. freedom. It's so, almost always it's time, but mo- sometimes there's money involved. Yeah, but in my opinion, but go ahead
1: yeah so the the commitment there like i'm working with people that are that are committed and that's what we're looking for i mean to um, hop on a discovery call with me to you know to try to get to the root just the first call to get to the root of why you're not why you're exhausted overworked mm-hmm. tired stressed whatever you have to put the energy in to apply and then you have to put the energy in to show up to that call if you're accepted then you have to put in the energy to um, you know, see that process through completion. You have to put in the, and you want to continue the work, you have to put in the energetic investment financially, finan- financially, energetically, time-wise, you name it. Because um, it is, for me, like my coaching containers or are, are at least a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because this is not fool's. This is not a fool's game. Oh, oh, wait a
0: minute. This isn't quick. This isn't get rich quick. I just pressed the button and I'm healed, right? Oh. I
1: don't sell, you know, I don't, I don't offer those three month, six month packages or yeah, yeah. one off sessions because I want to see you get results.
0: Yes. And it does take time to get results. I, yeah, I agree. Yes. So, yeah.
1: Well,
0: I, and I get that because in mine, like uh, I'm in internet marketing and in internet marketing. All right. I'm sorry. It's not a one month, three month game. It's a year to two years. And Mm -hmm. that's what I did with mine. Same thing. But I can see it even more in yours
1: because,
0: uh, you know, it took me, I'm 55, took me 55 years to screw the head up. It's going to take me (laughs) some time to unscrew 55 years, you know? Yes. You know, and I I get that's where you're coming from because that's almost what you're dealing with. Right. Am I right?
1: Yeah. And also to, so let's say you work through the stress less method Mm -hmm. um, and you can find more on that website. Um, that's kind of scrolling at the bottom about it. But let's say you work through it, you get to step five, which is embrace grace. Mm -hmm. Now that's the point where you've removed unnecessary stressors, you have the tools in your tool belt, you're in a beautiful state of mind more times than not. And it's at that point you realize that you're not perfect, nor are you meant to be perfect. (laughs) You're not broken and you're not meant to be fixed either. Right, it's at that point where you realize that as life, as you move through life, a stressor, a trigger, and a limiting belief, something that's gonna rock your emotional freedom is gonna come up. A global pandemic <laughs> is gonna show itself, and you're gonna have to be in maintenance mode. You're gonna have to say, Ah, I have this tool. Let me implement it. Let me do the work to experience this for the long haul. And that's why all, uh, many of my clients, almost all of my clients, end up continuing their work for me for years.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I have some clients who have been with, been with me for more than four years out of my five six years in business, right? Because it's a lifelong journey. Even if you are feeling that emotional freedom, it's maintenance mode stuff. Oh, there's always the next level of healing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, and that's it. I my I actually was on a call today with one of my internet marketing coaches, and and he's always believed in all right. Just because just because you pro- provided a solution doesn't mean it's the end of the game. He says, there's always another problem that comes up. And he says, every solution creates and brings root to new problems. So you've got to research down the road in what you do in business. Because, for instance, the child, all right, who, who get, grows out of first grade, guess what? Now he's got to go to second grade. And then he's got to go to third grade. Right? He's like, And then he's got to be a teenager. And yeah, life happens. And that's just the way life goes. And I was like, when I looked at that perspective going, okay, I got to get in the business of helping people. That's Mm -hmm. it. All right. I help people with internet marketing. You help people stress less. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And I think, and I would even take it from a perspective of like, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to go to third grade. I mean, maybe someone will come after your parents, you know, but you don't actually have to do anything, but it is a basic human need to, to become and work towards being the best version of yourself. And you, my guess is, is that, you won't experience that true sense, that true beautiful state of mind, unless you are doing that. Yeah, It's, it's part of what makes us such interesting creatures and such productive creatures is that we're, we're always striving. We're always moving. Yeah.
0: And- I, I've always said uh, you, you, you don't need a life coach. However, sometimes a life coach can help you be better. Mm-hmm. But you don't need one, right? Life and- will show
1: you the lessons. Let me yeah. tell you.
0: <laughs> and, and like, I actually have a, a book, Outlined that because I'm not a life coach, but I outlined this book because I was at a conference and the idea came to my mind. So I just took out my notepaper and wrote it down and and right, and it's the title I have for it is You Don't Need a Life Coach, How to Fix Your Own Damn Life in 90 Days. Like (laughs) and but that gave me the concept down is people come to me and go, Well, I don't need a coach. Well, no, you don't. I don't need a coach to help me with investments, but I hired one because I want to be better at it, and that's what we realize. Is coaching, consulting, you helping people with stress less? I'm sure they can figure it out on their own, but I'll bet they can get done faster with you. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. I mean, for me in my story, it took me more than ten years of of struggling and and like exploring. And with my clients, they're they're experiencing it in a tenth of the time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even less than that in some cases. Well, and that's, so-
0: the, that's the purpose. Take what you went through and save save someone else the time. Because that is exactly. the one commodity in this world we don't get back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. So, well, I, I got a couple of important questions I want to ask you before we go towards the end here. And one of them is when I was 21 years old, I had a gentleman that I worked for in Massachusetts as a part-time job who gave me job advice that turned out to be life advice. Okay. That advice was I was working at a gas station part-time and he said, Tim, I want you to run this shift of yours like you own this company. From 4 p.m. to 12 p.m. at night, you own the company. Pretend like it, and you will never make a bad decision. So that helped me take ownership of everything I do in my life. Hmm. Did someone give you advice along the way that like it started out as a job advice, but it came life advice or something life to live by?
1: Hmm. I I the only, what I will say is coming to my, my mind is a more cliche thing that we've heard a lot all of us, I'm sure, but do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life.
0: Uh
1: And um, at the time when I had first heard that, I I thought, yeah, yeah, okay, (laughs) come on. (laughs) There's still hard work to be done. But I I think as I've gone through my life, my short life is that there really is actually an ROI of happiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we oftentimes create a separation between work and personal. And and in fact, they're so intertwined.
0: Yes, they are. uh, My my next question and this uh, this comes because in in August of this year, I interviewed a very, very close friend of mine um, who passed away shortly afterwards from COVID. And um, while I hope that never happens to you, I really do. I hope this question is like way in the future, like 90 years from now. But 90 years from now, someone sees this interview All right. They found it because you passed away. What is some advice you would give them because they're listening to this seeking to get one more bit of advice from you?
1: Oh, that's such a good and powerful question. I would say, goodness, there's it's so hard to to select just one and, and not ramble in response to that question.
0: We got some time, so it's okay. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, you know, I think that I'm going to approach this question from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And the different perspective is that if I were, what what would I say to my younger self as a hundred year old, let's say, I would say that you're not crazy, that it's okay to do things differently. And don't work so goddamn hard
0: <laughs> i love i love the way you are girl i'm just saying you're just so cool <laughs> thanks <laughs> so and we did guys we did have a discussion about this beforehand so we can say certain things like yes just <laughs> all hang out on this show <laughs> so well, it is. It's good advice. And I like that that perspective we got about it because that is. All right. So often we, we're we always seeking one more piece of advice and not realizing it's usually us that has the advice from the future. And if I could go back and tell 21-year-old Tim a lot of things, I would tell you not to spend $600 a weekend at a bar. Just saying.
1: Yeah. Yep. There are other ways. 100%. Other oh, so.
0: ways to get help with that. So... Uh, well Carly, you know, it's been great getting to know you live on air today. All right. <laughs> I want to make sure people who listen in today's show, both today live, the recording, that they can connect with you. All right, maybe even book a call with you. Tell us the website that's the best place to reach you.
1: So you're gonna go to stresslessco.com.
0: I love that. It's just like just the name of the company, Stressless yeah. Co. Easy peasy. What a what a concept, huh? <laughs> <laughs> my first Great marketing who thought I, I know mar- marketing. yeah my first coach um told me get a domain name that tells everybody who you are right and at the time timgillette.com was taken and I couldn't get it oh. so I like okay what else so I look at and that's why I bought rocker life coach and I'm mm. like I thought I found the greatest thing in the world all right until my business coach sat down and said tim you're a business coach trying to tell everybody you're a life coach and you're making no money right <laughs> Yeah. I wonder why I hired that coach because he'd like he'd like Describe me in a matter of 10 minutes. I mean, he's one of my best friends today. But anyway, well, uh, it's been great having you on the show. All right. And I hope people do go check out with you. But before you go, I play a game with all of my guests. All right. This or that questions. I have seven envelopes. You pick three and we're going to a- ask you the questions out of the envelopes. One through all seven, right. pick your numbers.
1: I'm going to go with, I want to like reach out and virtually grab it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Three. <laughs> And I have two more, you said? Two more, yeah. Two more. Um, I'm just going to stick with my goofiness. I'm going to go with seven.
0: Two of my favorite numbers, by the way.
1: They're such good numbers. I know they are. All right, I'm not going to pick this one by hand. I'm going to go with one.
0: Go with one. Okay. So these ones here, you will never know what's in these ones. Uh (laughs)
1: Uh-oh. It's going to keep me up at night. (laughs) I know.
0: It's funny you say that because I was a Dale Earnhardt fan. That's why number three and it's actually oh. one of it's, well, it's, I moved it for the put the Christmas tree up this year. But number three is and number seven. I'm Christian. So it's kind of a number seven, the Christian number anyway. Oh, yeah. Envelope number three. <laughs> oh, no. Question number one. I haven't had this one in a while. And I don't know whether it's you wear them or you prefer to see someone else wear them, but oh, it's I've heard boxers this question, or briefs.
1: <laughs> boxers or briefs. Briefs all the way. <laughs> briefs all the way. I, I,
0: I had a guy from, uh, I, I met from one of the, the coaching groups that I hadn't new in California that he was on here, and we had a 20-minute discussion at the end of the podcast about underwear we've worn over the years. And I'm like, only I could have a business podcast and have a discussion with another guy about underwear. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Question number two in this envelope is Coke or Pepsi?
1: Oh, that's a debate in my family.
0: And and I say that as a guy who moved to Texas and gave up on both.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. So actually support small businesses. Do your thing. But I would say personally, Coke. Now, if you spoke to my late grandma, she would... She's probably rolling over in her grave right now because Pepsi, like it was a problem if someone else drank Coke. She loved Pepsi in a in a mug, specifically a clear tall mug with ice and a straw that bended. Favorite drink?
0: Yeah, I I always like well Coke. Now I, I I as I get older I like the defining the, the real sugar ones. So I like real sugar Coke and real sugar Same. Dr Pepper is what I like. Same. And like being a Texan now, Dr mm-hmm. Pepper. I'm sorry, it's my favorite drink.
1: Dr. Pepp, do you know what, what's the brand that is like, it's all, they're like all organic. I don't know if they're organic, but they have the round logo with the, that's like every logo ever. Um, but they're, they're based, they're like all sugar. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: oh yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. They're, oh gosh.
1: I like that brand, whatever that brand
0: is. They have like one of their brand, one of their sodas is green apple. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't think of the name of the brand though. I don't know why. Well, we'll
1: come back to everybody, yeah, let you know. We'll later.
0: So question number three. Going on a trip, hotel or camping? Hotel. Yeah. My wife wants to stay in a tent. My idea of camping is a four-star hotel.
1: <laughs> I do love nature. I really, really love nature. So oh, ideally a hotel where I can walk in the nature, but still sleep in a bed and shower and do all the good stuff.
0: Well, no, I spent years with a motorcycle around driving around the country, and I would stay at campsites that actually had the cabin, and Mm. I would rent the cabin. So, Hmm. like, I had a bed to sleep on at night, all right, I can still be out in nature, type things. That's what I always went for, so yeah.
1: Well, fun fact about me, my very first job was at a Yogi Bear campground, and I cleaned those cabins for my very first job. The cabins and the bathhouses. Talk about a nasty job, the bathhouses specifically.
0: Yeah. Anyway, envelope number seven. Question number one is, I'm hoping you know this one. Uh-oh. Who was the better lead singer of Van Halen? David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar?
1: I got to opt out. <laughs> I, I
0: know it. She doesn't know who Sammy is. You, you don't even know who Van Halen is.
1: I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. But
0: yeah. See, that's there's a reason that question's in there. That is my favorite band.
1: And I've just—I feel like I've just insulted your your favorite band by not knowing them well enough.
0: Uh, That's all right. You got a chance to redeem yourself on this next question. Okay. All right. Which is the better coffee, Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks?
1: Neither. I don't drink coffee.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. There was a place on Market Street when my wife and I were there, uh, 2015, on Market Street. We found this beautiful little cafe. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll bet you it's not even there anymore. And then we later out found out there was a movie made where they used it in Philadelphia. Hmm. And I can't remember the cross street. I'm off a market.
1: I but. I know there was one coffee shop that I really loved. I, for, I also don't remember the name. And they, they recently closed. They closed a few months before the pandemic started, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a tea drinker and herbal teas. I love me a good, like... Herbal yeah, I make yeah.
0: Uh, in the summertime. I make my own. I, I brew my own tea, mm. uh, green tea, and I make a green tea lemonade with it, and that's what I drink all summer long. Yeah, Ooh. and I, it's like, wait a minute, and it's I make it in mason jars, right? So I take my mason jars to a conference. I'm speaking. I'm I'm at one time, and I bring my mason jar out and pouring my 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 Ace tea, and my coach who's a thing. He goes, Tim, it's not wise to bring your moonshine. I know. I saw that coming. I would never bring my moonshine out in public. Yeah. Yes, I have moonshine. My grandfather made it, Poconos, when I was a kid. So, anyway,
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, now everyone's going to want that recipe in the show notes. (laughs) 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 Just calling you out. Um, But yeah, I also grew up with a family who drank a lot. And so I have now, I had one apple pie moonshine recipe that is just killer. It's like dangerous. You can't taste the alcohol. And then um I'd recently at Thanksgiving, my cousin brought a root beer moonshine. Also dangerous, also delicious. So we'll have to connect off lot off the air. We are
0: about- going to be connecting now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh question number three in this one here is which do you, which did you prefer more? Star Wars or Star Trek?
1: Oh, I feel like I shouldn't have chose this envelope. So I just recently like to maybe a year and a half ago started watching star wars i've never seen star trek so and the star wars thing came about because all of my friends were horrified that i had never seen it so as of right now i'll have to go with star wars but that's only by default because i've never seen star trek
0: i i never seen star wars till i was almost 40 years old oh good I, I love know it now yeah I, but i was 40 before i've seen it and let's face it I was like of age to go to the movie theater when it came out. Like <laughs> I'm a little older. Yeah.
1: Should have. Why weren't you there? Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Had better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last envelope. Number one envelope and our questions. Oh, this one here. I'm pretty sure you got this one here. A good one. Um, in the car nowadays, do you listen to podcast or music?
1: Well, I have, speaking of Hondas from earlier, I have a Honda Civic that's from 2005 because I love me no car payment. And so I listen to the radio because I do not have Bluetooth to listen to a podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, no, no, don't feel bad. Like, I've been a truck guy or motorcycle guy my whole life. My motorcycle had a way to connect my iPod to it.
1: What? Like, oh, so uh, you're yeah. just rubbing it in right
0: now. I, but I had like, I, I just this year, I traded in my truck, the last big truck I've had. And I was always been like a diesel truck. My dad was a diesel mechanic and teacher. And I traded my truck in and I realized to get a new one was going to be like $80,000. And I'm like, there ain't no way I'm paying $80,000 for a car. Ain't, uh, uh-uh, yeah. no, I, I, don't, no, I don't care you. how rich you think I is. I ain't buying that, right? <laughs> so I went to the Mercedes dealer and traded it in on a Mercedes SUV that mm. was half half the price of a Dodge truck.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I, like, I've been eyeing up a Toyota Tacoma yeah. for a couple of years now. I love their courses. I feel like this is a typical woman thing to say, but I love the paint colors, yeah. the the mud brown. I'm like, I need that in my life, but I'm not paying. I love having the financial freedom. I don't want to go into debt. So until I have my, I'm building my savings account, but once that's up, I'm going to buy no, me no, a
0: no. nice... Uh, Carly, I started leasing. I said, screw this. Uh, because I, every four years, I was sick of the vehicle anyway and had problems. So I just lease oh. now. Oh, but, no. But, but but my lease payment all right, is like one third of what my car payments used to be. That's why.
1: Mm. So, yeah. See, I've and had I, no I, car payment. And I don't payment. have
0: a maintenance problem because when it breaks down, I just take it to the dealer and get it fixed. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's important.
1: true. I know quite a few people who lease. See, for me, I've had no car payment for so long. I just no. can't even imagine paying for anything other than gas and repairs every so often.
0: Yeah. That was me uh, for a long time in my life. I, I, yeah. Once you hit 50, you're sick of working on
1: them. <laughs> uh, I'll touch base in like, you know, 20 years. We'll see <laughs> <how much. laughs>
0: Next question here. All right. Ought to be an interesting one now. Um, For you as a lady, high heels or boots? Boots. Okay. Easy peasy. You, you realize I'm from Texas and what boots I'm talking about, right, girl? <laughs> hey,
1: I grew up in Maryland, just just below the Mason Dixon line. I got just, a little bit a little of that. Bit below, in just my life. a little bit
0: into the south. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last question when you go to the movies, are you a popcorn or candy person? Popcorn. Yeah. Butter, salt, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So I I actually avoid both now because I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, uh, yeah. But before I knew what was making me so sick, it was the popcorn slathered in bu- butter and salt.
0: Yeah. We do popcorn, but we only do the salt now because of the, the, you know, between the butter and stuff was, was, was too much for us. Uh, yeah. And we just do salted and uh, we've gotten kettle corn, which is, it's got a sugary taste to it. Oh, I love uh, kettle but corn. But still, yeah, it's the, 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 the butter is just, it. the older you get, it weighs you down and just like, oh, and I got to hate that feeling afterwards. Yeah, so, Totally. Um, well, you know, it has been great getting to know you. It's been fun getting to know you today <laughs> on the air. Um, one more time, repeat the website for both our, our our viewers as well as our listeners on the audio podcast.
1: All right, so you're going to go to stresslessco.com.
0: Um, and do they have a way on the, on the website that they can uh, book a time with you or or get a report or anything?
1: Yeah. So if you go to stresslessco.com/slash/apply, you can mm-hmm. apply for that complimentary discovery session, and then I'll be in touch with you within. 24 to 48 business hours to either say, Hey, here's some recommendations on where to go next. If it's not me or Hey, let's hop on the phone.
0: Yep. I love it. I love it. Someone who takes action. So, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today and actually sharing your stuff with my audience. I appreciate that.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute just ball. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, to you guys, the listener, I want to thank you guys for tuning in again today. Do me a favor, go check out Carly Myers, all right, and StressLessCo.com, as well as uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and where you get your podcast. I'm Tim Gillette, and I'll be back next week with another great guest. Have a great week, guys. Bye.